I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. With the case counts of coronavirus on a steady decline, many organizations are preparing for a return to office, or RTO as its handy acronym, this spring. And that's right upon us for many, or just around the corner for others. People's reactions vary widely to going back to the office, especially for those who've been working from home for the better part of these last two years. It seems every week a new survey comes out that shows that everyone from senior executives to human resources teams to individual employees all have great variances in terms of whether and how much they want to be back in the office. For many, the reality is that At some point within the next few weeks, you will go back at least a couple of days a week or a couple of days a month. Now, in a future episode, I'll be talking specifically about the high-value activities that teams should be engaging in on those days when they are back in the office. But for this episode, I'm going to be very pragmatic about getting ready for work. I'm going to reverse engineer for you all the things you need to think about, prepare for, and do for a day back in the office. Now, I talked about this a little bit back in episode 24, way back six or more months ago, when we thought that people would be going back to the office at that time. Now, of course, that was before the Delta variant and the Omicron variant came along and threw all of those plans to the wind. Everything I said in episode 24 still stands. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you'll want to check that out as well. And you can find a link to that in the show notes. But today, we're digging in at a more granular level. So many of you will be stepping back into a changed office. And believe me when I say that things have changed while you've been working from home. Everything from the commercial real estate footprint of your company to the vending machines and the coffee maker to the cafeteria. It has all changed as a result of the pandemic. To make the most of your time, both in getting ready to go to the office and the time when you're there, you are going to need to be ready. Regardless as to whether you're excited to be back in the office or dreading going back into the office or some of each, I've got you covered. I'm going to reverse engineer the steps to get you ready for your days back in the office. I've got 10 steps for you, so let's dive in. Here are the things you're going to want to account for in reverse order. So imagine you've gotten to the office. We'll start there with number 10, logging into your computer. (laughs) This may take longer than usual, especially if there are proprietary systems that you need, Maybe you need to log into a VPN from home, but not in the office, or any number of other things that are different about the login process when you're at home versus the login process when you're in the office. 
So plan for it to take much longer to reconnect to the internet and the intranet at work uh, the first time or two. And when you find those points in the process that are different, make note for next time, especially if you plan on coming back into the office on an infrequent basis. No need to learn that same lesson twice or three times or four times. Before you logged in though, we go to step number nine, finding your desk. Now, many organizations have remodeled or reconfigured desks during the time that most of the staff were out of the office. And even some companies have, again, bought and sold or gotten out of leases and leased different space. So the actual building that you go to might be different from the building that you were going to before. Once inside, you will find that your desk may have moved or been removed altogether. So uh, allow an extra 5 to 15 minutes to locate your workspace, whether that's a workspace similar to the one you had before, or whether that's a workspace that's very different. Many organizations have moved to more of a hoteling concept where you put your stuff down for a day and you work from that spot for that day and come back and work the next time you're in the office from a different spot. So the size of your office and the complexity of the changes to the office space will be widely different. If you have a specific start time that you're required to be online and productive or in a face-to-face meeting, you're going to want to allow even more time on that very first day back. But of course, before you get there and get to that first meeting and find your desk, you need to arrive at the office. So that brings us to step number eight getting to work. Let's just start off with parking your car or your bike. We'll get to public transportation on number six. So hang in there if you use public transportation. So if you drive or ride your bike, where will you park? If your organization doesn't have a dedicated parking lot or parking ramp, you're going to need to investigate parking spaces nearby the office. Most people who had parking contracts at Surface lots or parking ramps prior to the pandemic canceled them when they started working from home. And if that was you, you're going to need to do some research so that you're not scrambling for a parking space on those days when you're in the office. And if you regularly pedal your bike to work, you might still face parking challenges. For example, if you were used to storing your bike inside the building, double check to see if that's still an option. Again, because the commercial real estate footprint of your office space may have changed, you might not have that space available to you anymore. So you're going to want to look into that. Okay, but before you park, you actually have to commute to work. So that takes us to step number seven, your commute time. Use Google Maps, Waze, or your mapping tool of choice to predict how long it will take you to get to work. With many people starting back to the office and resuming other activities that require regular transportation, the roads are no longer as vacant as they were shortly after the pandemic began. You may remember empty stretches of highway and city streets. That's no longer the case. So using the predictive modeling technology in those various mapping apps, you can plug in the time that you'd like to arrive and see both the best route and the approximate time it's going to take to get to the office so you can figure out what time you need to leave. Planning for those traffic patterns on the days and times that you need to go back into the office is a must if you haven't been commuting lately. 
Now, I did promise some tips for those of you who are taking public transportation. So that's step number six. For those of you who use public transport, you're going to want to double check times, schedules, and routes. So with a decrease in ridership due to the pandemic, many public transit lines have decreased the number of times per day that routes are traveled. And in some cases, routes themselves have even changed. Both of these may factor into what time you need to leave home to catch your train or your bus to make it to the office on time. You're also going to want to check what PPE or personal protective equipment is required on the bus. In many cases, especially large metropolitan areas, masking is still required. So double check the rules and regulations or even recommendations around that as well. All right, step number five. Before you started your commute or maybe very early into your commute, you maybe needed some caffeine or some nutrition, some breakfast. So there's a whole section in an ebook that I have that's all about planning for your coffee and food intake, both before and during the workday. I'll tell you how to get your hands on that ebook here at the end of the podcast. But the ins and outs of finding food and coffee are different than they used to be prior to the pandemic. But you're going to want to think for now about how much time it's going to take you to brew your morning beverage. Sometimes we've been brewing our morning beverage, coffee or tea or what have you, while we're in the shower or logging into work and doing some of that first checks of the email and work from home. But because your timetable is going to be different when you're commuting into the office, you're going to need to plan for that, plan for brewing that morning beverage, making and eating breakfast if that's something that you do and do from home, and maybe even preparing a lunch if you plan on taking a lunch from home. Again, some of the restaurants, coffee shops, and even internal options of cafeterias and the like have changed due to the pandemic. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. All right, so before your caffeine and nutrition, you need to also be thinking about the others in your morning orbit. So that's step four. Think about others in your morning orbit. If you live with other people, consider what they might need or expect from you in the morning between the time that you wake up and the time that you leave the house. These expectations have changed while you've been working from home. If you have young children, you might be responsible for waking them up, getting them breakfast, dropping them off at daycare on your way into the office. Or if you have older kids, you might only need to make sure that they have an alarm set and that they know when to catch their bus. And for kids in that middle range, you might need to do a little bit more. Pack their lunches, fill their water bottles, make sure they've completed their homework and that it's locked and loaded in their backpacks. And of course, for those of you with pets who have been used to having you around, they may need to be walked, given fresh food and water, and given a bit of love and attention before you leave. And don't forget about your spouses and partners. 
They may want to chat with you about all manner of things in the morning. And if you haven't budgeted time for that, you could be negatively impacted in both the relationship as well as your morning schedule. All right, so before you think about others in your morning orbit and figure out what they need, you need to pay attention to your own personal grooming needs. So that is step three, your personal grooming routine. Many people have scaled back their personal grooming or shortened their routine since the camera on Zoom doesn't pick up all the details in the same way that being together in person does. So your morning routine as it relates to personal hygiene may have changed somewhat dramatically over the time of the pandemic. So what will your personal hygiene routine be as you head back into the office and how long does that take? What you wear on Zoom may not be what you're going to wear when you're in the office, at least from the waist down. Many people have resorted to extra casual wear on their bottom half. Think yoga pants, sweatpants, or even pajama pants. What will you wear when you go back to the office? Does it fit? Throughout the pandemic, many people have lost a great deal of weight, some have gained weight, and others have stayed the same weight, but their size or their proportions may have shifted as a result in a change in activity levels. Uh, Your feet may have even changed size due to not wearing your typical footwear. If you've been wearing socks or slippers for most of the last two years, you're definitely going to want to check out your shoes to make sure that they fit. Check out your wardrobe and plan out a few outfits. You may need to update your wardrobe if there are some critical pieces that no longer fit. And while you're planning your clothes, make a list of any items that you might need to bring with you to the office on those in-office days. From laptops and charging cables to headsets to your badge to enter the building, the list of accessories that you may need to tote in with you may be lengthy. Plan it all out so that you're not engaged in a scavenger hunt as you leave the house. Planning for a fully personal groomed routine and selecting clothes in advance, as well as making that checklist of all the items that you're going to need to take with you will absolutely streamline your morning and reduce your stress level on those days when you do need to head into the office. Now, this next tip you might think is optional, but I think it's critical. Step two, me time. If you are a busy working professional with a family or with an extracurricular activity that you enjoy, Peloton, running, walking, reading, meditation, any of these things, you're going to want to plan some me time into your morning routine. Whether that's a 90-minute spin on your Peloton, walking your dog, 10 minutes of meditation, or anything else that you enjoy doing, carve out some time, that me time, that time that's just for you, and plan for that in your morning routine. All right, now that leads us to step number one, and that is waking up. (laughs) So starting with the projected time that you need to do number 10, that is log into your computer, and everything in between logging into your computer back to step number two, that me time, you're gonna wanna figure out how much time each one of those things takes, add that all up, Subtract from time that number 10 should start, that is logging into your computer, getting that workday started once you're in the office. So you're going to subtract all the rest of those from that to determine your wake-up time. This is a true reverse engineering here. And then you're going to set your alarm accordingly, including any intervals of hitting the snooze button that you might do if you are a snoozer. 
Seriously consider getting up at the same time each day, even on the days when you're working from home. Sleep researchers report that the quality of our sleep is so much better when we get into a consistent routine, going to sleep at the same time each night and waking up at the same time each morning. All right, my friends, congratulations. You have successfully reverse engineered your morning routine. Now, if you were listening to this while you were driving in the car or out for a walk or doing something like washing the dishes, you maybe don't have all of those steps. You can certainly grab those steps from the show notes from this page. This is workingconversations.com forward slash 52 for the show notes for this episode where you can go and grab that checklist. But again, you have reverse engineered your morning routine, and this might be the single biggest predictor of you having a smooth transition back to the office. If you've got these logistics handled, it is going to give you the space and time to do the emotional processing of going back into the office, especially for those of you who are on one end of the spectrum or the other, either highly excited to get back into the office and see some of your old colleagues who have been work friends and become real friends, or maybe you're excited to go back to the office because you onboarded during the pandemic and you haven't actually met anybody in person. Or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum and you're really resisting the idea of going back into the office. If you've got these logistics handled, you've got a little bit of space to do some emotional processing about what that's going to be like. Now, let me leave you with a few anecdotes from my clients and my family about where they've bumped into some trouble with the logistics in going back to the office. I'll start with a family example. And this happened last summer, back when offices were starting to open up just a little bit And my husband was planning on going back into the office for a day. Now, he works for a large corporation here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And he knew from some conversations with colleagues at work that the security desk had been overloaded with people who were forgetting their badges as they came back into the office. That security badge that got them into the building or got them into more highly secure parts of the building. Totally convinced he knew where his badge was. We talked about this the night before, and he was sure he knew where everything was. Well, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that we moved house just about a year ago. And of course, in moving house, things get rearranged and shuffled and packed away and so forth. And I was online with a client in a live setting where I was teaching in class and I heard him bumping and thumping around the house on the morning that he was supposed to be going back into the office. And of course, you know how this ends. He couldn't find his badge because it wasn't where he thought it was. Now, as it turns out, I am kind of the the keeper of things in our house, so I know where things are. Now, I didn't know exactly where his badge was, but I did have a couple of suggestions. One of them led to finding the badge in question so he could go back into the office, but he didn't make it that day because he didn't find the badge until much later in the day. And the people that he was going to meet with were there earlier in the day. All right, now let me give you a couple of client examples. One of my clients told me the story about how she has a 60 minute commute. That's each direction to get to work. And on her very first day back in the office, which was again last summer, she forgot her laptop power cord. And because so many people were forgetting laptop power cords, the IT team did not have enough power cords to supply everybody who had forgotten their power cords. So she was able to work for about three hours until her laptop ran out of battery, and then she had to cut it short and commute home and finish the rest of her workday from home. 
Another client of mine in a major metropolitan area had canceled the paid parking spot that he'd had prior to the pandemic. And of course, did not allow for finding parking in the downtown area and was late to his first meeting of the day. And of course, you know that that first meeting was of course an important one. It was with his boss's boss. Oh, that's not the meeting you want to be late to. Another client shared with me how he would sneak in a shower each day when working from home, sometimes at lunch, sometimes between meetings, and sometimes even at the very end of the workday, but rarely in the morning. He'd been back to the office two days a week for six weeks and was still having a hard time getting to work on time because he underestimates how long it takes to shower, shave, and pick out clothes when going back to work. So my friends, know that the logistics are a formidable challenge, and those logistics are things that you are going to want to have taken care of and in the bag. So check out the show notes at workingconversations.com forward slash 52 to grab the full checklist so that you make it to the office on time and with everything that you need when you start going back. And whether you've been back for a while or you're just going back now, or maybe for some of you, you never left and you've been in the office throughout the pandemic, join me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn and ask your questions and share your best tips and strategies for being back in the office, whether that's full-time or part-time. If you found these strategies useful, then you're going to love my free ebook on this topic. It's titled The Re-Entry Guide, Nine Steps for a Smooth Return to the Office. And the 10 steps I covered today, they're one of those nine steps. So getting ready to go into the office and figuring out what time to set your alarm that we just reverse engineered, that is one of those nine steps. So you're going to want to download that ebook and get some great strategies to help with other important considerations that you'll need to make to have that smooth transition back to the office. You can download your free copy of the re-entry guide at janelleanderson.com forward slash re-entry. Again, janelleanderson.com forward slash re-entry. You can also find the link on the show notes for this episode at workingconversations.com forward slash 52. If you are returning to the office soon, I do wish you all the very best. And until next time, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.